No, but do we expect it? Yes. Yeah. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. Andy, I am obsessed with my air fryer. <laughs> is this an infomercial it should be i live used it at least twice a day every day since i bought it wow i love that just so everybody knows this is not the little classic basket air fryer this is the ninja is it a foodie ninja something. i believe it's a ninja foodie <laughs> ninja foodie xl something is so, it the xl it's yeah, an x maybe. it's pretty large you can fit a whole pizza in there um and yeah. i i've just like it's like the simple things like oh i can make toast now without turning on the oven and waiting for that to preheat just to toast my bread for two minutes um oh, yeah or you know like i just reheated my i made a whole bunch of chicken last night because it was gonna go bad if i didn't cook it so you know i made three different flavors of chicken just popped it in there tw- sat down 20 minutes later beep 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 there's my chicken yeah Bagel bites in seven minutes. Yep. I haven't figured out the like from frozen situation, but I've gotten very good at like cooking things. I made honey balsamic Brussels sprouts in it. Like Uh, delicious. So good. Because you can air fry, you can air roast, you can air broil, you can bake, you can reheat, you can bagel. That's just a setting. This is your audition for QVC. Yeah. I mean, give it to me. I'm so ready. Speaking oh. of um, air frying, hi, my name is Tyler. And I'm Andy. And this is, and this is Homo's Modern, Modern Life. Life. A podcast about air fryers. Well, um, speaking of, since we have the same air fryer, Andy, how's your yeah. week been? Uh, I mean, just a knockdown, drag out, endless parade of bad things yeah <laughs> it's not been may is not your month so it's not far been my month so far no. uh allergies are terrible the weather's terrible my grandfather died i ended a relationship and now i'm sick so uh, i mean but <laughs> you know i'm going to gratitude look at all the wonderful things i have around me your I couch have a- a sectional arriving yes. tomorrow morning. I do have two couches that are sitting where the sectional is going to go. So mm-hmm. after this podcast, I'll be um, shimmying some furniture around my condo. And if you would like uh, to buy Andy's couch, it is available. Yeah. One of them. One of them. <laughs> the other one somebody was supposed to pick up today, but it was raining. Oh, so, well. you know, the weather comes to bite me in the ass. Just another, just another notch in the ball. I mean, yesterday my shower curtain fell and broke, so I had to replace that. 
I mean, I, this is a very turn of events because usually it's me having these kind of weeks, but yeah, it's just nothing has gone right at all this week. Except, I mean, work stuff is fine. <laughs> Things are going fine there. It's all smooth sailing. Um, yeah, so that's, I mean, that's just where I'm at. I'm I'm tired. I need a, I don't, I don't know what I need, actually. Maybe these we are, can figure it out. <laughs> I will say, like, these are the days that I'm missing, like, the spa castle situation. Like, yeah. Just to be able to go like spend the whole day in like hot tubs. Oh my God. That is exactly what hot. I need. Can I do that now that I'm vaccinated? There's probably still not. That's probably still not. Colin's saying no. <laughs> not advisable. No. I wouldn't think it. It seems like a, a spa sauna situation is entirely aerosols. It seems. So. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people's hot breath siphoning yeah. around you. Yeah. You know, but yeah they're just I mean, their sweat evaporating and uh-huh. yeah no i don't th- you know probably not good <sighs> I, that's the thing is like when they can come up with everyone gets their own personal tiny spa castle that will be the money market right there i mean i could i could buy one of those little in-home sauna tents yeah you I don't need it, but you don't need like a good section of your living room. Just like, you know. Yeah, it could go right over there right next to the TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, Are you talking about the one where your head sticks out? Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's that's a look. That's where a you vibe. just sit in, on a, in a little in a little tent with your head sticking out. Yep. On a little um, stool. Yeah, that would be great. Mm-hmm. We could do that. that. I You know, I've always I've I remember the cartoons where like you do that for too long. Like maybe you fall asleep and then you wake up and you're really skinny. I would oh. like that to happen to me. Yeah. I was thinking maybe you're like you come out and you're a turkey, a roasted turkey from the neck down. Oh, I mean, I could be, but I think Trixie Mattel already captured that look. For sure. For sure. Speaking uh, of bodies, this body is not, this body's doing weird things. No. Yeah. Like the thing is like, I feel like I'm getting so, okay, maybe I'm crazy, but I do feel like I'm getting stronger. Um, and I'm definitely getting muscle. Cause I feel things getting tight underneath the layer of fat but what it feels like is i'm gaining muscle and not losing fat so the muscle is just kind of pushing the fat out right and it's really frustrating yeah that can i mean that that certainly can happen because mm-hmm. oh, i saw this tiktok the other day of this guy got surgery like he he didn't have um fat he just had like like gynecomastia sort of stuff like he was just like this big muscle guy and it just to me i thought he looked great i thought it just looked like he had enormous pecs Uh but i guess he thought it was a little little too like squishy around his nipples and it wasn't like hard muscle and so Mm -hmm. he had the surgery to get the gynecomastia stuff kind of like they showed it on tiktok with absolutely no forewarning whatsoever just like pulling like glandular tissue out of the out from under this guy's nipples it was just like whoo but i don't know if i'm there yet do you think you have glandular tissue maybe they're starting to look more round on the top that's good 
and like have a little more shape but like maybe that's it i just don't know if i'm at the point where i'm ready to like cut it out of me you know what i mean that's- i well i wouldn't yeah it seems that seems extreme and expensive <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, but if someone would I like to seen, pay for it, I'll take it. I have seen people on Instagram doing the like cool sculpting or like yeah, whatever where they put like a thing, they just like put a thing on your stomach and then it kind of just like tones that up a little bit. Yeah, I don't trust I'm those. Like, that would be I feel like you have to be already fit for that to work. Well, yeah, it's just to like I feel like it just tightens the tightens the screws a little bit on that whole situation down there. Do you see the thing where it is actually like a take home, like cool sculpting thing, which is like a mini version of the machine. It's like $700, but you can do it at home. And it's like, seems dangerous. Yeah. I mean, all it does people just going to be sitting there like all the time doing it. And then yeah, like freezer burn on their stomachs. Well, What it's supposed to do is it like, sends some kind of waves into the fat cells and the fat cells burst. Yeah, it dissolves the fat cells and then it freezes them and then they melt away or something. I don't know. (sighs) But like, if someone would like to buy that for me, I will also take that. Oh, we should try and get a like a med spa type person on. Oh, yeah. I will do Botox on the podcast. (gasps) Me too. Yeah. Uh, you know, just the preventative. Yeah. You know, late 20s preventative Botox. Yeah. I mean, wrinkles Jono? are setting in. You know what I mean? I've lived <laughs> a hard life. I've uh, lived a very hard life. <laughs> and, all you know, stress. there is definitely some kind of like uppage that could happen. Well, no, I don't think we need to yank yet. No, you don't think so? I don't think we need to lift. I don't think, I mean, you could do, uh, it's, it's non-surgical, but they have those like, I don't know. It's almost like a zip tie, but for facelifts where they yeah. put in, uh, some sort of like thread that pulls I, I wanna, and like clicks. I don't know. It's weird. I want to get, um, I want to get it my chin. So like it pulls yeah, all this tight, back. Tighten up that. Yeah, situation. and I want to get, you know, a nice little, like, jaw implant. Oh, I would love a jaw implant. Can you imagine me with, like, you know, like, superhero jawline? Yeah. Like, what if my face was just, like, one big square? <laughs> yeah, that's actually probably maybe more what I need is a, um, more than widening my jaw, just mm-hmm. narrow my skull yeah can you can you make my the top of my skull smaller i think if you just like start wrapping your skull every night as you go to sleep like oh. eventually it'll that'll shrink if only I'm my parents that have done that wrap, as a baby you can wrap anything away you know what i mean <laughs> yeah en- enough saran wrap saran wrap and 10 minutes in a hot bed yep exactly exactly you know what i mean it's also the people at home like this is that time of night where probably me and andy are not at our most beautiful it's usually a long day and so all we do is look at each other actually i look at myself most of the time when i'm recording this podcast so it's really easy to think about. oh yeah i see you have a mirror behind you so i can kind of see what view you have going on Uh and you actually have you and i at equal sizes on your screen yeah 
Whereas I just put my little thumbnail up next to where the camera is. So that no. if I do look at myself, uh, it looks like I'm making eye contact. No, I do this because it helps me focus. Usually I'm on top. <laughs> um, but not today for some reason. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I just, sometimes it's easier when I talk to not sound like I'm drunk when I'm looking at myself. Does that help you enunciate? Enunciate. You're tracking the motion of your lips. Exactly. Exactly. I, I do know, it when I'm still deep. messed up, frustrated earlier. <sighs> you know, that's that's one of your problem words. Do you know why? Is because that's my speech impediment. Yeah. Hard R's. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, if you're gonna have a speech impediment. <laughs> yeah. Hard R's. I think that's also why I struggle. Move. <laughs> <laughs> Strugger. Strugger with Tupperware. Tupperware? It's Tupperware. I thought I said it right. <laughs> you said Tupperware. It's because the, the R's in sure. there, so it throws me off. I don't know. You focus so much on the R that you get the P wrong? Yes, because all I've ever struggled with are R's, so that's the first letter I try to pronounce in every word. Uh that's not how pronouncing words works. <laughs> it's how my brain works, Andy. You can't speak for my brain. They go in a certain order. You can't just pick which ones to pronounce first. I see all of the word at once. And then I see where my well, problem is. That's good for speed are. reading. Yeah, I am a speed reader. Downloads. I'm just reading things on my computer at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Image asset. Yeah, I just read the whole thing. What? Boom, boom, boom. But, Are these things on Zoom? Are there Zoom settings I'm not seeing? No, it's just, it's kind of funny when you look around the screen because it looks like you're in my computer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, look at those files over there. Uh, and then you reach over and you snatch one. Mm -hmm. Just like shopping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow, what fun we have. What fun. Well, oh my God. I believe we are at our 15 minute break here. So we'll take a quick break. And then we, when we get back, we will have a special guest join us. So stay tuned, hang around, be cool, my fellows. Hello and welcome back, everybody. We are joined with a very special guest. He's a painter, a podcaster, and a musician, Preston Light. Welcome. Thank you all so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this since uh, since Colin let me know. So yeah. Let's, uh, let's 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 get on the road. Awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love I love how being an artist, you just uh, you just happen to have your art displayed right behind you. Mm -hmm. I am it's in casual. my home. I'm in my home studio. I had nowhere else to put that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, sure. I love it. Well, for you know, those that don't know who you are, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where do you live? Um, basically, what's your dating profile in a nutshell? <laughs> um, all right. Well, I live in the mid cities area. I uh here Steelis Bedford here in DFW. Mm -hmm. I grew up in Grand Prairie. I've lived here uh, in North Texas my entire life. Um, same, same. And uh, as far as what I like to do, um, I've always been a creative. Uh, started, you know, doodling and writing as a kid. Found my way into music. 
spent my entire teenage years uh, playing music at like churches and stuff. And then I left that and joined a rock and roll band. Uh, Perfect. Way more fun. Way more fun. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then I, I didn't make visual art for seven years after high school ended. I just kind of, I was so focused on being a bass player that mm-hmm. I decided to, you know, not do it at all. Long story short, I left the band I was in, Little Universe. They are brilliant, fantastic, and they're still like some of my best friends. Um, and I went a little crazy for a month. Didn't mm-hmm. necessarily want to play in another project. And next thing I know, I'm at Michael's. I'm buying canvases and paint for the first time in almost a decade. And that was over a year ago. I paint every day now. Yep. Um, I'm at a gallery in Fort Worth. Uh, it is my favorite thing to do. Uh, I just absolutely love it. Congrats. Awesome. Well, another thing you do, like I said earlier, is you are a podcaster. So you have a podcast called The Broken Lighthouse. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, The idea for the podcast actually came up years and years ago. And I just never took that leap of faith to get it going, you know, and uh, actually getting involved in this gallery and meeting some of the people there. I ran the idea by them about the show. And it's essentially, I bring on people or hopefully creatives or anybody's welcome, but it's, it's tends to be creative people. And we go through their lives, their struggles, uh, how mental health has affected um, their work, how they've pushed through it. And then at the end of the show, every episode, I open the floor to just the guest and they get to give a lighthouse statement or some piece of advice or something they wish they would have known when they were younger, anything to kind of cast that light out into the, uh, into mm-hmm. the night, you know, that like to that. be that beacon. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought after 2020, especially like, this is the show we need. It's the yeah. show I need. So I'm just going to make it happen. Awesome. And what, what, um, what made you decide to start a show like this? Yeah, I used to work office jobs um, mm-hmm. Monday through Friday, just a cubicle guy for, almost five years. And so I listened to podcasts all day. It was either podcasts or the Grateful Dead. And <laughs> I just jumped back and forth, you know, mm-hmm. and I started to kind of uh, think about the shows I was listening to. And I was like, I don't know, I want, I don't want an advice column show, but I love any interview where they really pull out the story of the guest and it ends on a good note. And mm-hmm. that's kind of how those wheels started to uh get turning and ultimately i found that i could never find that show (laughs) over time and so you just uh, find it you make it you make it (laughs) exactly you know uh it's what's more punk than that so yeah (laughs) i always say this this show is inspired by my favorite murder which makes absolutely no sense but they're the reason we have a show because i was like that's great. I want to do it, but nothing like it. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. So the, there's two shows that I love. And uh-huh. One is Last Podcast on the left. I love I've been them. Listening, been listening to them since I was 19. So was... They're part of the reason I got really obsessed about Scientology and Leah oh, Remini and all that dude, kind of stuff. That the six part LRH series. Yes. Let's fucking go. Um, oh, <laughs> I can say fuck, right? Yes. 
Um, uh, and then another show I love, they're out of Portland. They're called um, No Simple Road. Would love to give a shout out to my friends mm -hmm. there. Um, they started as kind of a, a Grateful Dead centered podcast. Mm -hmm. They've surpassed yeah. 200 episodes now. Everyone is on that show that is in the jam band scene and, um, you know, bluegrass, the whole nine yards. And they're just the most wonderful, sweetest family. <laughs> and I just, I love them so much. And seeing them succeed, I was like, you know, I, I got to do this. They took that plunge. I can too. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Always been a fan of podcasts. It's fun. You just kind of jump in and you keep on plugging. <laughs> yeah, they say if you make it to episode 10, you're pretty much set for at least 200. So, oh, really? You know. Oh, boy. We have to do another how many of these? <laughs> yeah. I think this is what I feel like we're in like the we're upper in the 50s. 50s. I think we're past 50 because we did our 50th a while ago. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Awesome. I just did too. Uh, this is our did. 90 90 episodes. Colin says this is 90 episodes. What? Oh, fuck. 90 episodes of my bullshit <laughs> that I hey, don't remember what I said. It's time fantastic. flies when you're having a good time. <laughs> I just hit episode oh. seven and I'm like, oh my God, I, this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Just wait well, until the ideas really start to run out and then, uh, then it's just desperate grasping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll well, cross that bridge when I get there. Uh, to kind of switch gears a little bit, um, yeah. you are an artist, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, but your work, I was looking it up, it's very abstract. So yeah. how did you really fall into that style of things? Especially since, you know, you kind of came into it out of the blue and you were like, this, this is my moment now. Oh, um, that actually goes all the way back to elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, so my, my dad has been a professional photographer my whole life. So I've seen realistic images of everything because he's a product photographer specifically. So uh -huh. my whole life was seeing still lifes. Mm -hmm. so replicating that with my hands or drawing it or sculpting it never had any appeal to me <laughs> whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, occasionally to my detriment, but whatever, I don't care. Um, but in fifth grade, maybe sixth, this was a while ago, uh, my art teacher came up to me because I was struggling to draw a house. It was not happening. <laughs> and um, he was like, okay, I see you're frustrated. Try this. This is your assignment for today. And he just handed me a book of abstract expressionism, a uh, collection of modern art from the 40s and 50s. And he's like, mm -hmm. your assignment today is just to flip through this book mm -hmm. and tell me what you like about it. And I had never seen abstract art or at least paid attention to it. And immediately I felt super connected to that. I was like, mm -hmm. this is something is speaking to me here. I'm too young to put it into words, but I love this. Mm -hmm. it, That's a good educator right there. That's oh, yeah. <laughs> noticing what the strengths of your students are and encouraging them. Yeah, to, <laughs> I would not be an artist today if it wasn't for my art teachers in elementary, junior high, and high school. Yeah. There's four of them, but they, they mean the world to me. So, um, and, and when I was 13, my dad took me to the Modern Art Museum of Fort Worth for the first mm -hmm. time. Got to see Warhol for mm -hmm. the first time. Uh, he's always been one of my favorites. Not an artist, but his whole ethos of just make it and just do whatever comes to mind. I, I yeah. try to take to heart. But that was the first time I saw 
real fine modern art in person. And that was an impactful experience. I'll never forget every single moment of that to this day. And so I just tried a bunch of stuff. Uh, I used to do these like dotted line drawings and stuff and make, you know, dotted line art. My dad really liked it. He still talks about it. He's like, why don't you go back to that? I'm like, I'm doing too much other stuff. Um, <laughs> That's everybody. Uh, when you grow up, I uh, went to a school reunion a while ago and yeah, uh, people, you know, all the parents from when I was a kid were like, do you still do musical theater? And I'm like, no, I, I did that in school because it was offered and then I moved on. <laughs> like, Turns out it's hard to make a career in that. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm just an accountant. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, re- I still remember too, like going to, um, oh God, what it's the se- museum in San Antonio that's like this old lady's house that's obsessed with peacocks, the McNay. Yeah, um, I've never been, not yet at least. It's a fantastic museum. I had one of those really awesome art teachers that literally was like, you do what you need to do. And it was a lot of fun. And she always took us to an art museum uh, once a semester. Um, And I remember being there and seeing like my first like Monet and it was huge. And I was like, oh my God, it's literally like right there. There's no glass or anything. Like it is that, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's mind blowing. Um, I was just going to say like, when you see, a piece of art that speaks to you, especially for the first time. Like, uh, it's just, it's, it, it hit different, you know? And it just, it's so hard to explain the feeling with words though. I, at least for me, I I always fall short of, uh, of of being able to tap into that, but I I know exactly how you, how you feel standing in front of a Monet. That was like me with a Francis Bacon. Yeah. Uh, Just another great artist. Brilliant work. Yeah. Sometimes scary, but in the best way. Terrifying. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Love I, it, though. Yeah. Uh, well, kind of sp- speaking about that in a different way, they say uh, the old saying is they say a picture is worth a thousand words. So what stories are you trying to tell with your work? Oh, sure. Um, so for me, uh, it, this is, this is going to meander for a second, but I promise it'll come back. That's, um, <laughs> oh. So I had already been in therapy for a while before I started painting again. And when I was having a difficult time explaining how I was feeling or an emotion, I would would, uh, play part of a song to my therapist Mm -hmm. and just be like, I don't know how to, this is, you know, I'm depressed, feeling myself disintegrate by the flaming lips. Like, I feel like that, you know, (laughs) Um, and, uh, um then when I when I got back into making visual art I was like okay I don't know what I'm gonna do I know I want to paint and I I like I feel colors mm-hmm. there's some fancy word mm-hmm. for it synesthesia that yeah I hear and feel colors it's mm-hmm. a thing I feel like a lot of musicians and artists have this thing mm-hmm. going on and so I start to paint again and I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to paint and it's abstract. I really need to figure this out. I bought all the materials uh-huh. and then I started to use the colors in how I either felt at that moment or a specific memory. 
and try to explain the emotion abstractly mm -hmm. uh, using using those and to great uh, I mean not to toot my own horn but to great benefit you know benefit at least I think to me I feel like I do a good job expressing myself that way that being said I don't feel like I should tell the the people looking at my art exactly how I felt when they when they look at mine I think that's completely up to the viewer I don't right. explain it what I do though is I name all my paintings after songs they're mm -hmm. all named after songs so the idea is and maybe it'll catch on one day uh that it pairs that it pairs and so that the the viewer can put on some nice headphones mm -hmm. turn on the song and just look at the painting for the duration of the song mm -hmm. and maybe you know that's i can take them on you know that just, just so much more of a journey yeah uh, this painting that. pairs best with yeah <laughs> a lot of nick cave um mm -hmm. he's one of my favorite musicians i name a lot of paintings after his songs as well as listen to him the most uh while i'm painting if i had to pick one guy um and uh some other stuff everything from swans to flock of seagulls to wilco you know is what it is but yeah that's that's what i that's what i do with that i, I really hope i answered your question yeah no totally okay. i i i i relate in it in a in a strange i i'm one of the people that always wanted to be an artist um I wanted to go into fashion design, but I didn't want to design clothes. I wanted to design wearable sculpture, right? Um, so for me, the the creative part, and everyone tells me it's not synesthesia, but I see music or I see songs as a three-dimensional shape, which is always very hard to like describe to things. So like, it's very much like if there's a void, there's like mm -hmm. one ball and that ball is either really sharp or really dull or anything like that. So that's, that's fascinating. It's very strange. And I used to be a spin instructor too. So when I would like listen to this, like I'd build my playlist on the way that like, I think shapes to should go together. Mm -hmm. So like all of the, my, all of this playlist is the same shape or something. So it's very interesting the way that we can like, connect things in the mind's eye to different senses absolutely you know and it's and it's just kind of fun too like yeah to, totally. to just you know and ultimately that's what being a creative should be about too like you don't love what you're making yeah make something else yeah, yeah. i had yeah, a I really think it is like a cool opportunity to like mix visual art and music because i mean when you combine different kinds of art, it just makes them more powerful. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you have, you already have that in movies where you're combining music and visuals and storytelling. And so if, you know, why, yeah, so why do why museums not? have to be quiet? <laughs> why can't, oh. why can't you fill them with music? Yeah. You're real. Oh. No, I almost never go to museums with people because I just pop in my headphones and just walk yeah. around and always have a better time. Also, because I'm always worried that the person I take to the museum, because it's definitely my idea, um, <laughs> they're just going to be bored the entire yeah. time. Yeah, oh, I love I, I loved uh, I had a roommate in college that was an art history major. So I only ever want to go to museums with 
her or with other people that are as knowledgeable about art because I'm like, oh yeah, I have my my own little docent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I it's, it. it's fun to hang out at, at an art museum with art nerds, but past that, yeah. I, I have concerns. <laughs> <laughs> Anxieties. Well, it, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to go visit an art museum independently. And then when we return, we have some more questions for you, Preston. So okay. uh, stay tuned, stick around, and we will be right back. Welcome back, my children. We are back with more questions with our special guest, Preston Light, who is cracking up. <laughs> Oh, you got him. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Preston, for the children at home, um, who are your greatest inspirations? Maybe it's art, music, whatever. Um, I know you mentioned Andy Warhol. I saw on your Instagram something about Keith Haring, um, which is really grateful interesting because it's, it's a very <laughs> Grateful Dead um, cause it's very different from what you do. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I wear, I, as far as if I like something, I really like something and mm-hmm. I have to post all about it. Um, mm-hmm. you did mention Keith Haring though. So I'll, I'll, I'll go into that story real quick. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> it's actually what he's actually why I started painting again. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at target and sad as you do. <laughs> and they had me this, yesterday yeah they, they had this fantastic Keith Haring hoodie and I I bought it because it was mm-hmm. soft and looked great and then I got home and realized I know absolutely nothing about this guy and mm-hmm. I was like I can't wear it then so I need a fraud I'm a fraud so oh, I'm gonna... okay so I just googled Keith Haring because I didn't know who you were talking about so for the listener at home, they're they're like these wiggly cartoon shapes that like have lines coming out of them. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yes. Um, for anybody see, late, lazy, too lazy to Google, yeah. He, at I the promise, height of the AIDS epidemic, too. Yeah, and I mean he. Oh God, I mean, we could spend the next millennia talking about him. He's brilliant. <laughs> I love him more and more, especially because after I bought the hoodie, I stayed up for the next seven hours. Mm-hmm. watching every stitch of everything about him on YouTube mm-hmm. and some of his uh, paintings, doodles, drawings, and things reminded me of stuff I did back in elementary school. Mm-hmm. And that's where the creative spark came back that night. Yeah. And then the next day I was at Michael's buying the canvases. So Keith Haring, while uh, stylistically worlds apart, I love his art and I still go back to his stuff all the time to just kind of like get that. I I feel a sense of joy about his stuff that like makes me excited to go paint. Yeah. I'm Um, assuming you've seen one of my favorite images of Keith Haring where he's in the white room with the black paint and he's completely naked, painted white and painted his designs on his body. Yeah. How provocative. (laughs) I think there's some where he painted Grace Jones and and Mm -hmm. some other people. It was a whole... Thing, yeah. but that the 80s New York school um, like Basquiat and Herring and a lot of those guys um, I do like a lot but I, I feel like what influences my paintings the most is the music uh, I listen to I have plenty of favorite artists um, mm-hmm. and and can 
talk about those two, but as far as what makes me put paint to canvas, almost always music. Um, mm -hmm. I do love The Grateful Dead. And <laughs> I feel so bad because I don't know anything of The Grateful Dead. I know. Name their most famous song. <laughs> their most famous You're like, song. it's not my favorite, but. Their most famous song is Touch of Grey. It was a late 80s hit. And um, it was their first like major hit since 1972 with Truckin'. We could get into the history of the dead, and I'm happy to yeah. do that. Now you're talking but... to two homosexuals. Uh, would you consider the Grateful Dead to be a particularly queer artist, or you know, uh, part of gay culture? In a... <laughs> or <laughs> well, I'm just trying to decide if I should feel bad for not knowing. No, I, I think missing out on society. I think they have a I think they have a very inclusive fan base. I know I've always felt comfortable hanging out with deadheads and local tribute acts, uh, plenty of which are in the LGBTQ plus community. It's a it's a wonderful group of loving people who will give anybody a hug. Um, there is a there is a good side of like my my secret goth side of things that oh. would really like me to be called a deadhead. <laughs> you want to talk about god because you know what a dead oh, is it's the skull no i'm just obsessed with skulls and death and skeletons and like i literally have 15 skulls probably just in my bedroom of different varieties um i'm a big fan oddly enough of uh bruce lee webb um out of waxahachie he does really weird stuff he calls it hobo art it's amazing um have Halloween skulls that I've repainted yellow so they're more happy. Um, Who doesn't love a happy skull? <laughs> so, you know, I have multiple skulls on my body, you know, give it to me. Uh, multiple skulls on my multiple body. Multiple skulls uh, on my body. I do. I at least have <laughs> Oh, you mean tattoos. Well, we, we all yeah. at least have one. I was you so know? confused. <laughs> You're wearing long sleeves. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I, I've got a whole big arm of them. I'm gonna pull this off because I'm oh. wearing a shirt. Oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. See? Never have we stripped live yes. on pod. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I only uh, have one tattoo, and it's a tribute to David Bowie on my back oh, uh, left shoulder. I love David Bowie. Yeah, he's one of he, he probably is my musical hero, um, an icon, um, as a as a kind of weird and anxious teen. Um, his music was always just a, a, a consummate safety blanket to me. And just to see someone who did absolutely whatever the fuck they wanted to do for their entire career, like that's goals. Um, yeah. yeah. Dave, David Bowie took no shit from nobody and <laughs> uh, kept that going literally until the day he died. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's how I feel about Lady Gaga. Honestly, everyone, I'm like, I'm not a little monster pop princess. I'm a little monster from the beginning because she's amazing and everything I'd want to be as a woman. She wear a fucking meat dress and, you know, she's going to do a country album. She don't care. She's going to do whatever she wants. So yeah, I, mean, I and, love it. And I'm sure David Bowie is still looking down from Mars going, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was my idea. That's but absolutely. That's her. That's his little his. And as his a David Star Bowie stand, how do you feel about the movie Labyrinth? You know, I feel like the Labyrinth 
and what's the other like the dark crystal and yes and uh the one with the dragon thing the white furry thing right oh never ending story never ending story mm -hmm. i feel like if you didn't watch those movies as kids to go back as an adult you just really missed the boat on that <laughs> and i absolutely missed the boat those. <laughs> and you went back and you watched them later and you were like why were people into this yeah <laughs> i watched the labyrinth for the first time when i was like 20 or 21 and i was yeah. like i love david bowie but i am i'm gonna go listen to aladdin sane <laughs> i mean there's only one like children's movie that still holds up to this day and i will say this till the day i die but it is shrek 2 oh absolutely close runner up though robots do y'all remember robots. robots oh my oh oh barely. yes with the blue and the red guy the, yeah it had robin yes. williams and ewan mcgregor in it like what's not uh, to love what's uh, not to love uh, okay, I, know. Well, I know i was... saw it i don't remember a thing about it <laughs> well that well was my, that was my childhood <laughs> i wasn't allowed to watch cartoons after second grade so i have a very finite <laughs> list of things oh, that i <laughs> your parents said no more you're a grown-up now kind of i was yeah. banned from nickelodeon so i was told that that was the devils the devils yeah, yeah. My, my parents and cartoon network nope just oh, definitely not yeah. just disney disney all day long yeah, my parents thought cartoons were giving me ADHD. Not that I already had ADHD. Wow. And <laughs> it didn't go away after the cartoon stopped. That Preston, I can tell you. We could talk. We could talk for sure. Um, <laughs> well, speaking of art and different mediums, um, uh -huh. kind of harking back to your art and your podcast, um, how do you view art as a form of healing? Oh, I think it's has every at least in my personal art journey, um, it's all about healing and working through stuff. I mean, I think if you if you do take a look at a lot of my paintings, um, they they have you know it's a lot of darker colors, it's a lot of blues, it's a lot of um, a very, I think at least for me like very heavy stuff um, dealing with mood swings and depression since I was a kid. Um, that's my way of kind of working through a lot of those feelings. Well, these did a very wonderful mental headspace and I'm blessed to be there. Um, you know, I still have my moments and in those moments I, I take it to the canvas instead of, you know, acting out in, in, in an unhealthy way or, you know, how I, <clears throat> had in the past I think art is the most wonderful uh coping mechanism for uh anything really but for me especially um I just I love it you know it's uh it's like do you all ever listen to The Cure yes maybe okay I, a huge fan of The Cure um like the jam bands and hippie music I didn't really get into till I was like 19 up until then it was all like Depeche Mode and The Cure or Bauhaus mm -hmm sad boy in high school music and yeah. <laughs> um robert smith the front man of the cure in an interview once said like well all the songs i write are sad because i write when i'm sad that's how i work through it so mm -hmm. you don't really see how i am the rest of the time because that's yeah. my catharsis and, yeah. and how i 
push through that. And, um, when I'm happy, I'm busy being happy. Exactly. <laughs> when I'm, I'm sad, like, I need to write to work through it. Yeah. When yeah. I'm happy, I'm going to ride that wave and I'm going to have a good time. And <laughs> I'm then... going to go outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so on the flip side, you know, can viewing art or experiencing other people's art work kind of in the same way with healing? I think the reason I asked this question is for me, I don't know if you've ever seen the film Melancholia by Lars von Trier. I have, absolutely. So it's been I, a minute, but yes. Uh, I don't really care about the rest of the movie, but the, the intro with the overture of, uh, I'm going to say the name wrong because I never know how to say it, Tristan and Aristotle. Aristotle? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Can I help but, you? Good. But it's uh, this beautiful, like, overture that I think just really like you want to know what melancholy is boom here it is um and I think he's a really good director in that but I listen to that song on my really bad days and I just like sit in the car in the dark and like play it it's really great so I have plenty of albums like that (laughs) so do you think that like experience like when you go to the museums or stuff can really help in in the same way as a catharsis for those who are not artistically inclined oh absolutely um i always feel energized leaving a museum uh even if i'm not going back to the to the studio or or wherever it's i just i'm happier i've gotten to experience uh something be surrounded by people who are all getting to do the same thing to uh you know maybe eavesdrop a little bit and see what different people, you know, saying about stuff. And uh, yeah, mainly though concerts, which looks like we're getting back to them. Mm, Fingers crossed. Fish just announced their summer fall dates today. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go. Fish. Um, Anyway. um, I think the last one I went to was Charlie XCX, which she's amazing. I'm not too familiar with her stuff, but uh-huh. I did keep seeing her in like every list of like best albums from 2020. And she had two yep. last year, right? Yep. Yeah, like both of them kept ending up in the top 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will eventually get around to checking those out. She's probably. she's the angsty. There's a great wave of pop music coming out where it's actually quite angry and depressed, but it's still pop music. Like Muna, M-U-N-A, would recommend. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm down um oh but uh yeah concerts are the best for me at at least i mean there's nothing like going to see an amazing band dancing like an idiot and just having a good time you know like there's been so many times there have been hundreds of concerts where like i'm having a shitty day a terrible week or even a bad month and like even driving there, I'm like, I, oh God, I just, I bought the ticket. I'm broke. Like, if I don't go, I'm going to feel bad. And then I walk in those doors, lights go down immediately. I'm having the time of my life. And I ride yeah. that wave for days on yeah. end. So, yeah, I mean, any type of opportunity where you can just experience creativity, I, I think it's absolutely healing. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it'll inspire you to go out and try to do some of it on your own even if you've never done it before like no no one makes a masterpiece and i will say you know here's here's advice to you people out there if you see something and you want to go to it and no one else will go with you just go 
That is some of the best shows oh, I've ever been to. Yeah. I went to down. There is a there's a drag queen off RuPaul's Drag Race, Sasha Valore. I was in New York. I couldn't find anyone to go with me. I just went. I made friends with a photographer from Australia. She was amazing. We still stay in contact. And like I got to meet one of the drag queens backstage. I mean, like it was just a great experience. I love doing like stuff like that alone because I can just say yes to anything. <laughs> no. Oh, absolutely. Uh, every go. year. Every year I take a vacation by myself. I go mm -hmm. to concerts by myself all the time. I live alone. Like mm -hmm. be, being able to be comfortable with yourself is, is a great thing. And the more you go out and do stuff by yourself, chances are that's going to just naturally happen over yeah. time. At least for me. I, 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 that's, you know, the only thing I could be an expert on is my own personal experience. <laughs> yeah. Like when I couldn't find anybody to go to that pink concert with me, when uh, they put they put the tickets on sale at like a fraction of the price two hours before the show, and there Most were some places like do that third row center seats in the American Airlines Center to see Pink, and I went, and then it was a amazing show. And then this guy who was probably paid full price for his tickets asked if I wanted to come see it again the next night with him, and so I saw Pink two nights in a row for a very low cost. <laughs> yeah, and that and that wouldn't have happened had you not taken the the jump to go and do it by yourself. Exactly. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's better. It's yeah. God, it's nice to do some healing shit alone. And you never know who you're going to stumble on. I still love. I went to go see the opening act of a Lizzo show before I really knew who Lizzo was in like a tiny venue. It was uh, tre uh not trees, but something very similar to that in Deep Ellum. Um, and it was for Brooke Candy. If you know who Brooke candy is uh collins is a granada i don't think it was a granada it was like really tiny um and da, i mean could have been dada it could have yeah been, uh, oh, i think it was dada yeah actually. that's right across the street from trees yeah. next to the so, but i still remember and i was like i don't know who this girl is and brooke candy canceled and i was like well i guess i'll just go anyway and she was amazing <laughs> and look at lizzo now and i was literally 15 feet from her ass so oh. Dude, small venue shows like yeah. the best. Those. So speaking of shows, I do hear that you have a film festival coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because yeah. I do love my films. Yeah, no, uh, the the gallery uh, kind of collective group I'm a part of in Fort Worth called Tilt Vision Art mm -hmm. is uh, partnering with um, Stranger Mornings to do the, uh, they're calling it the, the Queer to Queer Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And it's on May 22nd, it starts at 8 p.m. There's gonna be some uh, in-house tickets and there are gonna be uh, virtual spots galore. And all the films that are being uh, submitted kind of combat tropes um, within like queer films and how do they circumvent that and just tell a better story without having to rely on the same things or coding or you know what have you to to tell the story because I, I feel like everyone can agree like we're all getting really tired of the gay best friend and have them yeah. for 20 years <laughs> and like hey, but that could Christ, be my role we... in acting so like if someone wants to offer him that part and give me a paycheck <laughs> i'll still do it <laughs> more power to you man <laughs> or give me something interesting yeah, and I think that should be the, 
you know, that should be the goal. I, I mm -hmm. think, you know, with every year that passes in, in film, the, the door is open to tell more and more and more broader stories. And I think with film festivals like this and with the advent of everyone getting a lot more comfortable with live streaming and being able to do stuff online, there's absolutely no reason why these stories can't be heard uh, by dozens, hundreds, thousands of people the world over. I, I think what they're doing with this film festival is really important. And I know I'm very excited to see it uh, come to fruition. And it's gonna be at the, the gallery that I'm a part of, which just is like icing on the cake, you know? I love that. And you said May 22nd? Mm-hmm, yeah, we, so two, two weeks, yeah, basically just two weeks away. It's coming up. Awesome. Well. Preston, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Um, if you want uh, people at home, you can find me at Instagram at Homo's Modern Life. And you can find me at Andy from Boy Story. And Preston, would you like to shout out your social? Sure. You can follow my art page. It's at Lighthouse Creations. That's L-I-G-H-T-H-A-U-S Creations. Because it's art. Because it, it'd be <laughs> art. Uh, there's a story behind that too. But uh, and then you can check out my podcast. It streams, I think, everywhere by this point. Uh, it's the Broken Lighthouse, and you can find that on Instagram at Broken Lighthouse Pod or something close to that. You'll find it. It's blue. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you well, guys I, so much. I really course. appreciate this. And those of you in the Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth area, check out the uh, film festival. I think I'm going to go because I love a good film festival. It makes me miss my good old Austin days or anywhere in the world because Colin says online because internet, which is how you're <laughs> getting this podcast. Um, but anyway, fare thee well, my children. Sleep tight. Let the bed bugs nibble a little bit. <laughs> This has been a Homo's Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at Homo's Modern Life. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign Homo's Modern Life. Fare thee well. <laughs>